0: to self-care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello everyone and welcome back to our community. Welcome if you're new. I hope you stick around. I hope you get a lot of value from this podcast because this episode specifically is jam-packed with value. Let me tell you, like I was re-listening to the episode and I think I'm even gonna release them for a third time because there's just so much value and information and insight in here that I want to implement myself. To the point where when I'm done with Parsley Health or next time, you know, I want like a really one-on-one experience to help with my gut, Sarah is who I'm going to. So I, you know, let's back up before we get into it. Sometimes when I'm really excited for uh, for a guest, I just like want to jump right in. But we start every episode with what was in alignment for me this week and what was out of alignment for me this week in hopes that you guys reflect on your weeks as well. So what was in alignment last week was, or this past week, Shelby Church, who, if you don't know, is, I guess, my boss. She is a YouTuber and I edit her vlogs and help her when she's in town with filming, just like one-off things like that. But mainly I edit her vlogs and she was in town this last week. She's kind of a digital nomad at this point. She doesn't have a lease right now. So She hasn't been to New York in a minute, but she was in town this last week and I got to spend a lot of time with her and I went to a night event with her, which was really fun. Met some of her friends, really good food, alcohol, um, which was really nice of her to invite me. But during two of the days she was here, we had two filming days. So we filmed an apartment hunting video around New York City. So it was really nice not only to spend time with her and actually be with her in person, but I just love running around New York City, filming, being creative, and it was definitely in alignment for me this week. So, loved that. And then what was out of alignment, it's actually perfect for this episode because really last week, I was just feeling very off when it comes to working out, eating, how I was feeling in my body, in my gut. When I'm not working out, my energy levels are lower and I'm feeling less inspired and more lethargic. And then that makes it harder to even get back into a workout routine because my energy levels are, are low to the point where I was actually taking naps almost every day, just like quick 10 minute naps. And they were really helping me just get through the crazy week. I mean, I had COVID the week before, so I'm sure it was also like just some residual, um, you know, feeling lethargic from that little bit of a COVID hangover, but I'm finally feeling like this week we're back at it simply because I feel my best when I work out in the mornings. And when I'm not doing that, it just throws my whole body off. Like it's something that really helps my stomach, my body, my energy level. So I'm hoping to this week, just get back into the routine of it so that it becomes second nature again. And it doesn't seem like such a daunting task to get to a workout which I already started this morning. I went to SLT at 830 and I already just feel so much better and like ready to get back into that. So really what was out of alignment was just the frustration of not understanding what foods feel good for me. It's really starting to frustrate me. We're less than a month away finally from my Parsley Health appointment. It took over a month to get an appointment. So I'm just like anxiously waiting it. And In the meantime, I'm focusing on implementing supplements. Like I started to take fish oil because that helps with inflammation. I'm taking seed again every morning. I'm taking my daily hormonal pill that I spoke about the other week. What else? The WellBell, but that's, you know, for hair. Got to get some beauty in there too. So I'm just like taking a lot of supplements and trying to be consistent with all of them. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? If anything, I feel like that could mess with my stomach more. And one product I'm going to try this week is Hilma, which I do have a discount for you guys. It's either Jen Lauren or Jen Lauren 20. I will put it in the show notes, but Hilma, you know, Lily was on the podcast. She's one of the co-founders and they have the most incredible, just holistic medication solutions to everyday issues. And they came up with a dairy and gluten digestive enzyme that you take before you eat a big meal containing dairy and gluten. And that just came out this week. I got it in the mail this week. So I can't wait to, you know, next time I have like avocado toast or something, like something gluten or dairy, like I'm going to try out those digestive enzymes. So hopefully those work. All of their products are amazing. So I'm hoping it does. But yeah, it's just getting a little frustrating. I'm anxiously awaiting my appointment. And I am I have a take-home SIBO test to take for my GI. And I'm going to get a blood test this week. So just in the meantime, getting those tests done, for my GI, and then if something comes up, if I do have SIBO or he finds something in my blood test, I can take that to Parsley Health and be like, how can we treat this holistically instead of going right into taking a prescription medication that my GI will inevitably throw at me. So that's the update. Let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this past week and breathe out what was out of alignment for us this week. (sighs) That breath felt good. So let's get into the guest of this week, Sarah King. She is a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified integrative nutrition health coach. She is here to help you uncover your root cause, resolve your digestive distress, and nourish your gut. She's helping busy women create healthy habits to eliminate bloat and increase energy, which clearly I need. And her practice focuses on improving gut health, digestion, blood sugar regulation, energy focus, sleep, weight management, happiness, all of the things while keeping it simple sustainable and she has such great resources directly on her instagram so after you listen to this definitely check out her instagram i'll have it in the show notes because she's always creating graphics and reels that really just give you like quick bites of information on you know what foods to eat for blood sugar regulation or what supplements are best things like that so let's dive into the topic she gives such specific tips on like what you should eat with oat milk to digest it properly, for example, or how to have your coffee in the morning for optimal digestion or what oils to avoid to feel your best and for your gut health and how to find foods that give us the most energy, how to figure out what works for your specific body when we're all hearing what to eat, what not to eat in terms of nutrition and what supplements to take, how to figure out what works for you specifically. And overall, how to eliminate bloat, increase energy. And we also dive into in the end how the birth control pill affects your gut health, how to safely transition off of that. So, like I mentioned earlier, it's just jam packed with value. I love when I have an episode that just gets so specific and into the nitty gritty as opposed to just like an overarching, like, oh, yeah, you know, gut health sucks. Maybe so. I don't know. I just feel like this really dives into the nitty gritty with like tangible takeaways. So, Without further ado, let's get into it. I did just want to call out that on Spotify, you can see video of me right now and of the rest of the episode. We're doing video interviews now. So when you just click play on Spotify, as as the podcast plays, you will see a video. So if you're someone who likes to have something to watch visually while you're doing your makeup, getting ready in the morning, click play on Spotify and you can see me here. It's not going to be a gorgeous site. We're not doing makeup or anything. Please. It's still a podcast. I'm wearing my sweats, but just wanted you to know that it's there and let's get into the episode.
1: Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited.
0: I'm excited. It took us a minute to get on here. We had some technical difficulties, but we're good.
1: Full responsibility for that. But it was your computer, not you. It somehow still is my fault, but it is what it is.
0: I'm prone to just messing everything up. So it was probably a little bit of me too. Our energies just were not matching. We're here now. That's all that matters. (laughs) All right. Well, before we dive into all things gut health and everything that you talk about, let's hear your top self care tip that has played a role in your success.
1: Yeah. So sleep, like I can't emphasize that enough. I um, am on such a good sleep schedule now. Like I am in bed by nine and I do not mess around with that. And then I'm up early. So I get up usually at 6am every morning because I am such a a morning person. And if I don't get my sleep, I do not function. So there's no option for self-care if I'm not sleeping. So that is like my number one go-to and then, uh, you know, having a nice morning routine. Is, is key for me also.
0: So do you have a nice wind down routine or are you just like, everything's off? We're going to bed. It's nine o'clock at
1: night. <laughs> yeah. Good question. So I actually just posted about this on my Instagram. Like Um, nighttime routines for gut health and really making sure that you're getting into that parasympathetic nervous system state which is the rest and digest state which I talk a lot about if you're not in a parasympathetic nervous system state you're not optimally digesting your food so in order to also transition to relax and sleep you have to be in that state so things like you know reading before bed tea before bed I do um, sometimes when I can't sleep some night meditations which are super relaxing. Sometimes it's like storytelling and things like that. It just kind of gets me out of my head because I'm sure many people can relate. You're just kind of running through what the next day is going to hold or, you know, finances or work or things like that. And really making sure that you're getting winding down, turning off blue light, um, getting into a relaxing environment. Like I, I keep my bedroom super relaxed, low lights, things like that.
0: Okay. So let's just dive right into this. So at nine o'clock, is that when you're going to sleep, or is that when you're like, we need to start resting so that I can digest properly?
1: Yeah. So I'm normally like in bed by eight and doing things, whether it's on my phone or computer. And then I'll kind of transition around 9 p.m. and read, honestly. I'm not perfect. I will turn on Real Housewives sometimes. Like, let's be real. Of course. And um, (laughs) then go back to reading after the episode is over. I'll do white noise, essential oils. Really, again, that calming routine. I'm probably asleep by 10 p.m. every night.
0: Okay, so what is this actually doing to your body when you're not winding down properly or you're not getting rest? Like, let's say you're up, you're watching Real Housewives till 11.30 p.m. You somehow fall asleep and you wake up at 6 a.m. Like, what is that? Because, I mean, specifically Real Housewives, very overstimulating, like, lots <laughs> no, of yelling. I know. I'm addicted. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Sure. So what is that? Like, how does that affect your digestion? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, no, good question. So, again, when it comes back to that parasympathetic nervous system state, when you're in a nerve sympathetic nervous system state, your digestion literally shuts off because your brain is saying, I'm stressed, there's something going on, and we need to focus on being on high alert, we need to be aware of our surroundings, and Uh, send blood flow to the brain, and that takes away from the function of the digestive system. It actually will turn off the digestive mucuses that you need in order to digest your food if you are in that sympathetic nervous system state. So what contributes to being into a sympathetic nervous system state is lack of sleep or overstimulation, or um, blue light at night, things like that, where you're really kind of triggered or you're on edge. And again, that whole digestive system turns off. So the next day, you're not digesting your breakfast optimally, Um, you maybe have some blood sugar dysregulation. So you're not feeling, you know, on, you know, a hundred percent throughout the day as well so it's really important that nighttime routine and that morning routine to set you up for success to make good choices throughout the day for nutrition to have energy to work out or get movement and to be able to perform even at work or in your personal life another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
0: That makes a lot of sense. So then what what are some habits that we can do in the morning? Because we spoke about like what you can do to wind down. What is the importance of the morning and what habits can we, you know, utilize to optimize digestion?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, really horrible with this. I'll be honest <laughs> again. Like, Waking up and not grabbing your phone—that's something right. that I like. Okay, what emails do I have to get to? I'll grab my phone immediately, and that's not the key to success. Um, but I'm getting trying to get out of that habit. But that's one of the things that you could do—kind of having a slow morning, so you're not waking up at 7:30, jumping on a you know 7:45 meeting, and having to like just open your computer while you're in bed. Have a morning routine: wake up, make your coffee, drink your water, take your supplements. Um, you know, go to the bathroom, a bowel movement in the morning is super important. Do you you know do your skincare routine and then ease into the day. Maybe it's getting a walk outside, ideally with some sunlight. Um, but for me, the biggest thing, the biggest mistake I see in my clients who wake up and kind of do the wrong thing in the morning is have black coffee on an empty stomach. So first thing you wake up, you make your coffee, you know, you're writing emails, you're drinking black coffee, no breakfast. That has a huge impact on your cortisol, your stress hormone. So you really want to limit that. You want to, in a way around that is to add fat and protein to your coffee. If you're not a big breakfast person, you don't want to make eggs and bacon and all of this adding, you know, ghee or coconut butter and some coconut oil, some cinnamon, um, you know, grass fed creamer, things like that into your coffee to help balance your blood sugar is super important to have energy throughout the day. What about oat milk? Yeah. So I'm not a huge fan of oat milk. Oat milk is, um, higher in carbs and sugar. So it's a, it's just basically a processed carb. Um, it is kind (laughs) of, it is kind of, you know, trendy right now. I love it. Like I love the taste. The taste. Saturday morning, sometimes I'll treat myself to an oat milk latte. One thing I will do is make sure I've had a a protein and fat forward breakfast before. So the oat milk doesn't have a huge impact on my blood sugar. So you're kind of mitigating some of the downsides of oat milk. Um, And a lot of the oat milks like Oatly and and ones that are used in coffee shops and things like that have added seed oils in it, which are extremely inflammatory to the body as a whole, but also inflammatory to the digestive system. So um, not something that I recommend.
0: So do you avoid seed oils in all areas
1: of the day? Yeah. So I really am pretty diligent about that. That's one of the top things that I'm, I'm, you know, when I look into new, my nutrition, like I am not consuming foods with sunflower oil, canola oil, safflower oil, um, et cetera, et cetera, because those oils are highly processed. So they're not even, I think they used to be used in like, Car, like the industrial industry. That's what they were initially made for. And then they were super cheap. So then the food industry was like, hey, we can add this to our product, reduce the product cost, and increase margin. So it was a a financial motive and didn't think about the health side effects. So they're um, oxidized, meaning they're extremely unstable. They have free radicals. They're deodorized. So they add chemicals to the oils to make sure they don't have any smell or taste. So you can't taste them in the products, but they're causing all these issues in your digestive system and inflammation and the wrong kind of fat that you don't want.
0: Okay. So I want to, I want, I have a question on that, but then backing up one Yeah. What is an alternative to if you're someone like me who drinks coffee every morning with some sort of dairy-free milk before eating anything? Yeah. Is is there anything else other than just coconut oil or butter? Like, is there a a dairy-free milk option that's better for digestion?
1: Yeah. So there's one that's called, and I might be blanking, it's like super coffee or Uh super something. And they have- yeah, they have stuff added into it, meaning like a protein powder and a um, MCT oil. Again, if you're like at the end of the day, if you're if you hate the taste of ghee or coconut butter and that's not great for you, MCT oil has no flavor whatsoever. You could add a tablespoon or tablespoon of that, add your coconut milk or almond milk or um grass fed half and half and add that with the MCT oil, blend it up, add some cinnamon for some added blood sugar regulation. Again, I don't recommend coffee with just, you know, almond milk. That sets you up for no success throughout the day when it comes to energy and digestion. Unfortunately, if you can, you can have your, you know, your coffee with your almond milk and then have two chicken sausages or, um, make little egg bites on Sunday and eat an egg bite every morning or an egg cup or whatever they're called. Like make it easy so you can get some protein in the morning, but you don't have to ruin your coffee if you don't like it with fats in it. Right. Or just add the MCT oil in are saying. You can add the MCT oil. You can add some collagen peptides to it. So you're getting some protein also Okay. blend it because if you don't blend it, it, the oil kind of just sits on the top and then see if you like that. And then you can still have your almond milk or your coconut milk in it.
0: Okay. This is all just really, you know, it's hard because in the gut health industry, in the wellness industry, it just feels like you're hearing so many do's and don'ts. But then at the same time, it's like, but every body is different. So like, you know, there was a celery juice trend and like I tried it for sure. And I was like, I'm so bloated. I thought this was supposed to de-bloat. So it's like that might work for, you know, my neighbor really well. And she lives off celery juice. So how do you navigate through, like, for example, you were just, we were talking about the seed oils. So like, is that something every single person should not be having seed oils? Or do you think, you know, it could be good for some people?
1: Yeah, I think there's some things in the nutrition world that I mean, everyone can argue against the nutrition world's a cluster yeah. F, right? Like it is a it there's so much conflicting information. I could say one thing and like a vegan nutritionist could say the complete opposite of what I'm saying. I think, you know, obviously I'm biased. I I think what I'm saying is right, but I also <laughs> think there's an, an a piece that you have to figure out what works for you. So trying and experimenting things is important, but also working with someone one-on-one is extremely important. If you are dealing with gut issues and lack and you know, low energy, things like that, I think there's something, something in the air when it comes to women, our age and things like that, where it's like, I can Google this. I do not need to talk to anyone about it. I, you know, I'm an educated woman. I don't need someone telling me what to eat. I can figure it out. And that's not necessarily true for everyone. Sometimes people need their hand held a little bit. They need individual bio-individual nutrition advice that's specific to them. So if you're feeling like I am so overwhelmed, that's every single one of my clients is like I've googled things for years and I'm sick yeah. of it I'm done it's not helping I'm bloated. I need someone to figure out how what works for me And so that's what you know I'm trained in is figuring out what the root cause of issues are how to do you know motivational interviewing to make the lifestyle changes that work best for you and un- figuring out you know analyzing a food and mood journal and figuring out what foods work best for you is also important. To go back to your question, um, there are a few things that I think are really important and across the board for people who struggle with gut health that they should do. So, number one, seed oils is extremely important to avoid. Number two, going gluten free is extremely beneficial when you're having gut and digestive issues. You know, people think gluten free is just like this diet, you know, diet culture and diet trend, but also, you know, sure, maybe, but there's some truth to it. And from my research and my education, there's so much um, evidence of what gluten can do to the intestinal lining. It can open up the intestinal lining when we want it to be really tight and sealed so that no part food particles, bacteria can get into the bloodstream and cause inflammation and an immune response. So taking gluten out helps keep that intestinal lining extremely tight and sealed so that there's no added inflammation. So seed oils, gluten, um, adding minerals into your water is super helpful. You need adequate minerals in order to digest your food. And our water is kind of over filtered. It's necessary to be filtered because of all the crap that's in our water, but also sometimes it's over so all the minerals get taken out also. So adding minerals, trace minerals, I like. You can add you know, pink Himalayan sea salt, unrefined sea salt to your water in the morning. That helps you hydrate at a cellular level, so people are drinking tons and tons of water, but are they actually hydrating and penetrating the cell is really important. So just adding
0: sea salt in, There's or, or are there other products you recommend for that? Um, yeah, I
1: like concentrates um which all one word is and then they have little droppers I wish I had it I had it at my desk but um and I just add a little dropper you know fourth of a dropper every morning that adds minerals back into my water an easier way is just to do unrefined sea salt adding a pinch to your water um you can do electrolytes as well I Mm -hmm. like LMNT element um keto vitals all good um electrolytes as well if you like like a little bit more flavor it's more incentive to drink the water
0: oh interesting and then what about bone broth? Is that also across the board a good one?
1: Yes, I okay. would say bone broth is across the board another good one. Um, there's tons of collagen and and gut healing nutrients in bone broth. It's very soothing. So when you have a lot of like maybe you have acid reflux or you have ulcers or things like that, when they're, the digest, digestive tract is very inflamed, bone broth can be super healing and soothing to the digestive tract, as well as can help kind of close up those gaps that I was talking about earlier.
0: Got it. And going back to what you were just saying before about like working with someone individually, I, I also think there's a group of people because it's including myself that, you know, I would love to work with someone individually and find what works for me. But it's like, who there are so many different people, with so many different approaches. And it's like, how do you find the person that's best for you?
1: Yeah. So personally I have, I've worked with practitioners. Sure. I'm a nutritionist, but I also need help too. Like right. there are things that are outside of my scope that I need have needed help with in the past. And I have inter- literally interviewed people, gotten in person, if I can, phone calls, get on a discovery call with them, see how you vibe with them if you feel like you like their energy. Also, if they're solving your problem. So there's so many nutritionists or health coaches or naturopathic doctors or whatever it is on Instagram, and you can see all of them. But if they're just talking to everyone, they're talking to no one. So when you really find someone who's niched down, has an expertise in something. So that's what clients come to me for. I'm an expertise in resolving bloat and digestive issues and healing the gut. That's my, that's my niche, right? Mm -hmm. And people know that I have, you know, knowledge in this experience in this, and they trust that they can work with me. If you're dealing with PCOS or you're dealing with um, chronic acne or anxiety, you can find someone who has a specialty in those specific areas versus, looking for just a generic nutritionist on on Instagram does that make sense
0: yes that's really helpful I think it's just interesting to me because you're like yeah I have issues too and you know people come to me for bloat and it's just like why are women and I feel like it's mainly women why are we all struggling with bloat and energy all of us
1: I think because we've been told the wrong things for 20 years 30, 40 years of our lives, however old you are, right? We've been told eat less, exercise more, work harder, be there for everyone else. Don't focus on yourself. That's selfish. And fats are bad for you. Avoid red meat. Like All of this is a very common message that is all bullshit. It's all bullshit. So I really empathize because I've been there I've been you know doing the low calorie low fat diets and and wishing it would work and putting all my effort in on the treadmill and saying why am I feeling like crap still and it's because that's there's so much misinformation which is like such a trigger word now but there's a ton of information that's just incorrect on nutrition and it it gets so complicated why why are we being being told these you know, wrong things. And I don't want to get into all that, but it's wrong. And so finding someone who has, you know, obviously a nutrition education, um, but also you feel comfortable with, and they're not pushing you to eat less and exercise more and, oh, just drink the tea and your bloat will go away. Like really surface level, basic stuff. I get down into the nitty gritty with my clients. Mm-hmm. We talk about health histories. We talk about medication. We talk about trauma in the past, you know, a lot of my clients, I refer to therapy. Like, that's a huge piece of gut health. And so back to your question, misinformation. We've been taught things, been doing the wrong things for so long. We have to unlearn these habits. And that's why I offer such long programs. Like, I have three and six month programs. Because unlearning some of these themes in our nutrition and health journey of eating less and exercising more and avoiding calories and fats and things like that has to be unlearned. And that's kind of that's hard for people to kind of sometimes it's even like exercise less and rest more and just walk certain days of the week. And that's really hard for women.
0: That would be really hard for me because that's the thing I struggle. I have IBS and I've been in this, you know, hamster wheel of going to different GI doctors. I've seen a nutritionist. Nutritionist was actually the only person that helped me. For the time being, like she uh, had me take magnesium, sun fiber, and like it genuinely helped me. Where every time I go to a GI, I get all these tests done. You don't have this, you don't have that. Okay, you have IBS. Classic. Try this medication, try this medication. And it's so infuriating. And it's interesting that you also said, like, sometimes you send people to therapy because a lot of it can just be caused by anxiety, but then you're perpetuating the anxiety because you're anxious about what you're eating and if it's going to make you feel bloated. Is that why, you know, your whole thing is like decrease bloat, increase energy? Is it because when, you know, you're feeling less anxious and then less bloated, you have more energy or like what's the correlation?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all connected, right? The gut and the gut and the brain is directly connected and this is coming out in the research much more recently, like even in 2010, conventional medicine was like The gut, are you kidding me? That has nothing to do with mental health and nothing to do with stress. And now it's so connected. There's even studies coming out about how if you're chronically stressed, the diversity of your gut microbiome, so all the bugs in your gut, which are good, decreases. So you have less healthy gut microbiome because of chronic stress and the hormones that are released. So it's a vicious cycle. You're anxious um, because your gut is, is unwell, it, it, it has low um, diversity of the microbiome. And then the low diversity is causing the anxiety. So when people will come to me and say, you know, I have acne, I have anxiety, I have bloat. I say, okay, that's all great. We're not going to treat those individually as individual systems. We're going to focus on the main thing, which is the gut. And you'll slowly see those resolve over time because it's also related to the gut. And when you're experiencing things like bloat and all the things I mentioned prior, your energy is directly related. So You know, things like balancing blood sugar and adequate sleep and eating enough protein and things like that. Super, super important for energy. So that's why I talk about, you know, digestion. But I also talk about energy because if your digestion's off, your energy is inevitably going to be low.
0: So then do you ever find that with your clients, it's simply solved or not solved, but like they feel better? from a behavioral change or a lifestyle change as opposed to just like, oh, I figured out what my food insensitivity was, but it's like they changed their workout routine or got more sleep. Have you ever found that it was just simply
1: a lifestyle or behavioral thing? Yeah. I don't ever, um, like work with anyone and do one or the other. Like it's always in okay combined, but I do notice I just had a client join um, my restore and repair program for six months and she is eating so well. Like eating very, quote unquote, clean, eating, um, you know, real whole foods, but she's dealing with the whole host of issues that I've talked about prior. Mm -hmm. And she's a marathon runner and Ironman person wow. whatever those are called <laughs> person an iron woman <laughs> I can't relate so she's an iron woman and she's been doing it for five years that and must so- be
0: hard because she probably is trying to follow a specific diet or lifestyle to train for you know these athletic marathons yeah. and yeah
1: Whatever it's called, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. And then so she follows this; she's transitioned to like this really healthy diet, but she's still experiencing. She said the last marathon she ran, she ran to, she went to, she wore makeup <laughs> because her skin was so yeah, that's awful. that's awful. And she's like, I'm feel like I'm doing everything right, but my point is, she's over exercising. She's in a chronic state of stress. That's it. Her cortisol is rampant. Her anxiety is rampant. Yes. She's doing quote unquote, exercising a ton and that's all good. Blah, blah, blah. Like what we've been told, but now she's dealing with all of these issues. So that's kind of an example of where we need to work on lifestyle changes. And I kind of had to preface like, just so you know, we're going to ramp down your exercise. And she was like, I'll do whatever it takes. But some people are kind of, you know, addicted to that. And they want that, that high stress, they run well in that high stress environment, but it's, you know, resulting in all of these gut issues as well.
0: Yeah. So that's something for me, I've been trying to like take note recently of how I feel from certain activities and whatnot. And I noticed when I'm having a week where I'm doing a lot of HIIT workouts and strength training and cardio, like more high intensity, higher energy type of workouts. I notice I feel a little more bloated and a little more inflamed. I don't feel like which is frustrating because you're like I'm doing this these crazy workouts. I should yes. look ripped, and like I'm not seeing that at all and then I'll take a few days off like just over the weekend, and everything calms down and I yeah. look and feel better and I'm noticing that and it's frustrating because for you know mentally and for my mental health, I love getting a sweat and I love getting stronger in that way. But I am noticing it's definitely affecting my body. And it's interesting that you're talking about this woman who, you know, is a marathon runner and whatnot, because that's my boyfriend. He's like physical activity, he's an athlete. He plays yeah. hockey, marathons, strength training. Like people look at him in the gym because he does crazy shit. And he feels so good from it. Like there's so many things that for women, it doesn't feel good. Like his, you know, what he's used to in his routine. It's like, if something doesn't go, you know, if he misses a workout or something, or if he eats more sugar than usual, like he feels it. And I just feel like as women, we're not as in tune with that.
1: Yeah. And I think over time we've, we've just kind of cut off the connection with like how our body's feeling and, been, you know, oh, this is, for example, PMS, right? Oh, it's just, you know, we're women and we're we have to deal, to. With, we have a uterus. And so it's, we got to deal with the cramps. It is what it is. And that is the exact opposite of the truth. Like PMS does not have to happen every month. Um, but to go back to to your point, when it comes to women and and working out and, and stress and things like that, it helps me think about like when we were cave women and cave men, right? We had to be safe enough in order to reproduce, right? We had to be not away from the tiger. We had to have be eating enough. And if we had, you know, tigers coming at us and lack of food, our, our hormonal system would shut down so that we can't get pregnant, right? We don't wanna bring a baby into the world that's not safe. So fast forward to today, undereating, over exercising, drinking black coffee, overly stressed at work, maybe not happy in your relationship, Your hormones will shut down. Your hormones will tell your body it is not a safe environment to reproduce, which I know that's not the goal for everyone, but that's what your body's innate ability is there to do. You're there to reproduce. That's just biology. And so if you're not feeling safe and nourished, literally and emotionally, then your body functions will shut down. So, so much of that is Okay. Have, you know, do your once in a while hit exercises or cardio, but do some low impact strength training. Take a two, three mile walk, stretch some days, do nothing some days and really make sure you're still eating. You're still eating enough. You're still eating calories. You're still eating fats. You're nourishing your hormones. Like it's all so connected. And you could, so many women have a boyfriend who's like, I have, haven't have eaten in 24 hours. And I feel amazing. And you're like, oh, really? let me try. That is and my then,
0: boyfriend. Like, you yeah. should try intermittent fasting. Maybe it'll be good for your stomach. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, no. we're not the
1: same. <laughs> <laughs> we're not the same. And that's what we're realizing, like, with this whole intermittent fasting trend, which I like for certain clients who mm-hmm. are able to handle it is we've wrecked our hormones. So we, as women, are not meant to be running off black coffee and water for 24 hours. Um, it, it, you know, There's a right way to do intermittent fasting. There's a wrong way. And we've been taught the men's way to do it. And many women are, are left with hormonal imbalances and, and losing hair and uh, you know losing their periods and things wow. like that. So it's just totally different than men. And you can't take advice from your boyfriend, <laughs> bottom line.
0: I can't wait to roll this clip for him. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's. I've actually been thinking about it recently. I'm like, I. I'm really paying attention. I go to workout classes all the time, and I'm trying to pay attention to, like, how often should I do each one? And, like, how many times a week makes me feel best? Like, I still want to get stronger and get my cardio, and so maybe it's just, like, one harsh workout like that a week, and the rest of it is, like, Pilates and, you know, something a little more low impact and making sure I get the rest day in because it's true like it's just crazy it's not just food our entire lifestyle affects us and that's why I think it is so overwhelming to navigate
1: the space a hundred percent and I usually will recommend like you don't have to just like lift three pound weights and stretch like you could still get a hard workout in without raising your cortisol and stress hormones by doing some strength training lifting heavy things women are also like oh you should be over on the mat with the two pound weights like doing butt things yeah (laughs) and the men are all doing deadlifts and and feeling good and I remember in college I had a flip switch like I was like I'm gonna go over there where all the men are and I haven't for three years and I'm now a senior and so I'm going over there (laughs) and I was I was the only girl in a college of 16,000 people lifting weights with the men because I felt so good doing it doing deadlifts and squats and bench pressing like you did not see a single girl doing that. But then I felt better. I felt so good and so strong and so confident and didn't feel like my hormones were going crazy when I was doing spinning and cardio and really, you know, lightweights and things like that.
0: I agree with that. When I had a personal trainer and was like in the gym, I've never felt better and stronger because as opposed to like, a, you know, a crazy workout class, a hit class that'll raise your cortisol, that's just getting stronger. You don't have to like be running around like a crazy person around the gym. But my own personal struggle is like, I need the motivation from someone. I need someone else to program it for me. Like, I can't just show up to the gym. I just, I don't have the patience. So that's something I'm trying to navigate, but I agree with you.
1: Yes. And I personally have someone write my, my workouts for me. And this is a, not everyone it's, is financially able to do Mm -hmm. that. This is something that I just am like, it's a non-negotiable. I need this for my mental health, for my productivity. So much of what, what, you know, prevents women from getting help is finances. And I completely understand that I'm on a budget, like I get it. But at the end of the day, what's better to invest in than you and your health. And think about the return on investment on these things. Like for me, I pay X amount for this a trainer to program for me. And the return on investment for me is I'm more productive during the day. I have more energy. I can show up at my work and for my clients and for myself and my relationships. And if I didn't do that, I would be a nutcase. Like I would be so stressed and so anxious and it just would not be pretty. So I think about it that way.
0: I completely agree with you. I also, you keep mentioning hormones and I obvious for obvious reasons, but yes. I just got off birth control this week. And so I'm like in that headspace. Thank you. It's been 10 (laughs) years on it. So I'm like, oh boy. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, I posted a TikTok yesterday, just like live from the gyno, I'm going off birth control. And all of a sudden I'm getting so many comments of people saying me too, me too, me too. Like it feels like a movement right now. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on birth control
1: as it pertains to gut
0: health, energy, all the things we've been talking about.
1: I have so many thoughts, and when I started my Instagram page years ago, um, you know, I was just in college, and I had been on birth control, and I was like, this, I I, I transitioned off because I was feeling like shit, and transition I'm like oh my gosh every single one of my friends is on birth control and they don't even know that they could feel 10 times better if they weren't on it Mm -hmm. and I didn't know the science behind it I just was like I want to get off and once I did it was like a revelation and then I realized all the things that were going on with me personally food sensitivities anxiety um, acne headaches were directly related to the birth control no impacting my gut, right? So the birth control pill does cause extreme inflammation in your gut and causes nutrient deficiencies. So it blocks certain nutrients from being absorbed in your body. And over time, that can cause major issues and side effects. And so many times women go to the gynecologist and they are handed a, you know, I have PMS or I have acne or I, you know, I'm having sex and I I need protection. Here's a birth control pill, no side effects mentioned. Good luck. They come back, you know, two months later, I have anxiety and my stomach really hurts all the time. Oh, nope, not related. Can't help you keep taking it. Things like that. Like it is just so Odd and now women. I love this. I love this topic because it is directly related to gut health. And women are waking up and we're being our own health advocates when we've gone to the gynecologist or the you know general practitioner and been prescribed birth control and it doesn't work and then you've been gaslit or told that it's not related women are like, screw that. Like, I know this is impacting me and finally transitioning off. And it is a a process. You know, there is something called post-birth control syndrome. And I highly recommend reading the book Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. That got me through mine, my whole journey.
0: Beyond and the pill. I'm writing beyond it down. The pill. I'm yeah, reading good. in the
1: flow right now. I'm gonna do another good now. one. Okay. <laughs> um Dr. Julian Brighton's book Beyond the Pill is directly related to birth control. And it you she talks all about the side effects and she's a doctor, she's a gynecologist, like she is she also I think has a master's in nutrition and she's like amazing. You can also follow her on Instagram, all good, great. Uh, hormonal stuff so that really helped me with my transition and it's a journey honestly you have to work to you know replenish your gut and diversify the gut microbiome and heal and seal that gut lining but it's so worth it every step of the way
0: it's just so interesting to me because we hear of you know the things that birth control does affect you know low libido or like there's just a bunch of other things that are more spoken about i i haven't even been able to find much on how it, you know, affects your gut. I just have a feel, a and ironically, a gut, a gut feeling, feeling. <laughs> that it can't be good. You know, like, I just know, like, there's no way this is good for me. And between not being able to understand my food sensitivities and my IBS for so long, and also learning more about birth control, I'm just like, wow, I do not know my own body. So just wanting to get off of it is more like, like wanting to reconnect with my body and understand my body. And like, get back to my natural state. I'm yep. going to look into the right supplements and all of that kind of stuff, which is overwhelming, which sucks. Cause I'm like, don't let this get you anxious, Jen. It's going to make everything
1: uh, yes. work. Yep, exactly. It's such yeah. a cycle. No, it is a cycle. And I, um, if you follow a, a good colleague, another NTP, uh, nutritionist that I highly recommend her Instagram is buns in balance and she has a birth control bounce back course that oh. I refer my clients to when, um, you know, I work with my clients to transition off birth control. But if you're not looking to work one-on-one and you kind of just want to learn, um, that's another good resource outside the Beyond the Pill book.
0: We are so lucky, honestly, that these days you can find a resource for anything. Yep. And you can find an Instagram account for anything or any yeah. specific specialist that you need. So that is one thing I'm grateful for with social media.
1: A hundred percent. And just really, you know, sifting through, again, talking to the people, see if you connect with them, um, get on a call if you can with them. Um, I know that's a huge piece of my practice is is those discovery calls in order to gain trust from potential clients. So be, you know, be assertive and, you know, ask the questions that you need answered to ease your mind before you invest in someone.
0: Yeah. And I know you, you speak a lot about like the anti-inflammatory diet. So is that just, you know, avoiding seed oils? Like what does that look like? Does that, would you say work for everyone in general when it comes to,
1: you know, avoiding inflammation? Yeah. So anti-inflammatory diet is usually works for everyone, right? It's, it's, eliminating the foods that cause inflammation in your digestive tract, in your body. So things like seed oils, conventional dairy, notice how I say conventional and not, um, you know, sustainable organic grass-fed dairy. There's a difference. Grass-fed meats, pasture-raised meats, nuts and seeds, um, ideally sprouted organic nuts and seeds, healthy fats like butter and coconut oil and avocados and fish and things like that. So really focusing on foods. Notice how all of those foods come from either the earth or an animal. And we're not pulling foods from, I'm not saying, a protein bar or, you know, a, a grain-free cereal or, um, you know, a packaged, low-calorie frozen di- dinner. Like, these are all foods that you can recognize from the earth. And that's what I always say to my clients. Would your great-grandma recognize what you're eating? Would she recognize that weird protein bar and that shake that you don't yeah. know what's going on in that? No. So don't eat it. Like, we think back about what our grand great-grandparents would eat or great 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 grandparents, they were eating real food because that's what it was X amount of years ago. Um, Now we've just gotten to an environment where we can't trust our bodies and we have to be eating all these diet foods. And it's just, it's set us up. It's wrecked us. And um, I really encourage just getting back to the basics of nutrition, which is eating real food. And that usually works for everyone. If you're working on your digestion and your gut health in, in parallel.
0: Yeah, that's such an interesting analogy. I like that. Like, would your great great grandma have any idea what you're eating right now? I'm gonna start asking. Me- oh no! no. Chance. <laughs> I don't know. Say sorry,
1: that <laughs> she would have no idea. She's like, "Is that oh. oat water? Like, what is that?" I don't yeah, understand. That makes me so upset. I
0: I have oat milk every single day. I'm gonna have to reevaluate this one.
1: <laughs> there are other really good coffee options. So it's just kind of finding out what also works okay. well for you and that you can still enjoy. Because believe me, I'm a coffee. Nice. Yeah, I'm an so, addict. So I gotta, yeah.
0: since I drink it so much, I do have to figure out like the best way to drink it for me. Yeah.
1: Optimize your coffee. Like if yeah. this is a daily thing in your routine, why are we not optimizing it? Right. Why is it something that's bringing us down versus, you know, elevating our health? And there's a way to do that right.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Also, I love when I have consistencies between multiple, you know, resources because I had someone on last week who said, if you can grow it or kill it, you can eat it. And that's essentially what you just said. So I'm like, okay, we got two of the same opinions. I can, I can work with that. I can roll with it. Cause I just feel like there's so many voices and social media accounts and diets and it's just all too much. So when I hear consistencies, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna
1: go with that. I like that too. I, Mm I, you know, and most people would be like, Oh my god, that kill it. Like I I could like <laughs> I know. no, but that that's the reality. Let's be it's, real. Like, it's that's natural. What's going on. It's
0: nature. <laughs>
1: it's nature. It's the cycle of life. You know, the whole vegan movement. If you've seen my Instagram, I am not a fan and I think it's it's I'll leave it that
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go to your Instagram after this. I've yeah. never, I love food and meat and everything too much to ever go vegan or vegetarian.
1: Yeah, and and you know, the whole nutritional component has been debunked. The whole environmental component has been debunked. The ethical component as well, if we cut out meat from our diets, we're not allowing our soils and our ecosystems to develop properly you need animals you need the cycle of life so it's not ethical either because if we have a bunch of monocropping soy and um, corn then that's killing off animals inevitably as well so
0: wow interesting (laughs) yeah wait that's really interesting okay I could talk about this all day let's get into the ending segment fun facts and favorites number one what is your morning routine
1: Kind of talked a little bit about yeah. it, but wake up around six, hydrate with water and trace minerals, um, brew my coffee. Like, my favorite time of day is like brewing my coffee, making my bulletproof coffee or fatty coffee, which has MCT oil, ghee, fourth and heart ghee with vanilla, cinnamon, sometimes collagen peptides, um, and blend it all up. And it's like my favorite second of the day. And then um, I'll jump into emails usually, which you know, it doesn't work for everyone. Sometimes people like to get um, movement first, but for me, I like to kind of ex- see what my day is going to be like. And then I'll go work out or get movement at like nine, ten, eleven, because that that's usually what my schedule allows.
0: I want to try that vanilla in my coffee.
1: What is that? What did you it's say? Fourth and heart vanilla bean ghee. Okay. Wow. So yeah, it's ghee has vanilla bean, natural vanilla bean in it. Delicious. I love the company and love the products.
0: Wow. I'm excited for that one. Okay. What is your favorite podcast?
1: Dr. Mark Hyman, the doctor's pharmacy is a really good one for people who are dealing with chronic inflammation and who are interested in nutrition and wellness deal with a chronic disease, things like that. For practitioners um, like myself or other nutritionists, the 15 minute matrix is really great for um, like they do little segments on stomach acid or candida or endometriosis or things like that, where it's like how to work with clients and some, some background on it. So for me, um, educating myself, I listen to those all the time. Okay, I'm gonna have to check those out. When do you
0: feel you're happiest?
1: Probably that that morning alone time is amazing, and that's I'm truly so happy when my in my house in Denver and getting a little sunlight and opening the windows and sipping my coffee, and then also alternatively, you know, having a drink with my boyfriend of. Six years, and you know going to a cool new restaurant, having a skinny, spicy margarita, and just talking about life and that could be my family too, so yeah, those that's my are favorite.
0: two of my favorites as well, so I'll okay, you. <laughs> yes, what would be your last meal on earth?
1: Um My family owns a pizza restaurant on the Jersey shore my great cool. grandparents started it. And I grew up in the summers working there um, and living in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. So hands down, it would be mac, macarons, pizza, max pizza of Stone Harbor. Phenomenal, phenomenal,
0: phenomenal and nostalgic. That's a great answer.
1: (laughs) A hundred percent. Yes, very. I get emotional thinking about it. So, yes, it's it's important to me.
0: That's amazing. Okay. well, where can the people find you, Sarah, and work with you?
1: Yeah, so my Instagram is at simply skiing. I have I I am on almost every day. I try to take Saturdays off. um, But tons of information on that you can you know, click my link in bio to schedule a discovery call. I also just redid my website. So www.simplysking.com. all of the information on my services that I offer. I just got into TikTok like two months ago, which I should have been <laughs> doing follow. it a year ago. Okay. So I just started
0: two months ago too. And I'm okay. so upset about it's it. It's a whole
1: new world. Yeah. <laughs> and I should have been on two years ago and I was like, so anti-TikTok. i like that- I didn't even have the app getting clients from it yeah I didn't have the app and now I'm like last night I sat in my bed and I'm like watching tiktoks for 45 minutes I'm like this is why I didn't have it yeah but it also is super super um educational and you can discover people through it so I've gotten discovery calls just through tiktok um so I don't even know I think it's at simply (laughs) skiing underscore maybe or something so but you can yeah you can find me instagram is the main thing um and then yeah that's that's me
0: Well, thank you so much. This was so, so helpful. I can't even tell you. I'm going to go figure out my new coffee order. Yes. thank you so much
1: message me anytime I'm I'd love to talk about it and yeah you can reach out anytime this was so fun this is my first podcast so <gasps> no this way
0: is, oh my god yeah. you crushed it for your first podcast oh. wow <laughs> thank
1: you it was really fun I love speaking over like writing I'm not the best writer so speaking engagements Agreed. are like, my favorite um so thanks for for asking me this was fun of
0: course I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram, so definitely join us all there, and I will see you guys next week. Bye!